When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks so much for listening. Good sports media episode here for you today. We have Austin Karp, managing editor from Sports Business Journal on. NFL is expected to announce the new media deals, new TV deals this week or next week. So we've got Austin talking about uh, some flex scheduling for ESPN and Monday Night Football, a couple of other details. Talk about what we expect from the college basketball NCAA tournament in terms of ratings. NHL and ESPN back together. We get into that WWE network now exclusively on Peacock. So we covered a lot of topics, a lot of sports media topics with Austin Carp on this episode. If you missed last week, Ryan Rucco from ESPN came out to talk about being in the booth the day that uh, the NBA got suspended because of coronavirus. Reminisced about that. Brian Stelter from CNN talks about the media coverage of coronavirus as we mark the one year anniversary of everything getting shut down. Mike Florio Pro Football Talk was on two weeks ago. Brian Curtis, Alan Seppenwall three weeks ago. Darren Ravel on as well recently. So check those out if you missed any of them in the archives and subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. All right, here we go. This week's show with Austin Carp. All right, joining me now, managing editor from Sports Business Journal with a lot going on in sports media lately. We've got Austin Carp to break it down. Austin, how's it going? Not bad. Thanks for having me back. I see the Georgia Tech banner in the background. I guess you're ready for the tournament. I am ready for the tournament. We did lose the ACC player of the year, Moses Wright. That hurts, but we got a scrappy bunch of guys, and I'm just glad we're back in the dance. Um, I was going to do NFL and then the tournament, but actually, let me start with this, just because this happened on Twitter this morning. I I had a tweet about the Deshaun Watson thing, and you mentioned that you were a lawyer uh, before your (laughs) life before your life here covering sports media and as i said on twitter take out 
innocence or guilt because that still has to be proven and, and everything has to be heard. The lawyer's tactic of day by day dripping this out one by one on Instagram. Now, just as a, a, as a layman, whether you're trying to prove sexual harassment, someone stealing a pack of gum, a murder, or I don't know, scamming an insurance company. If you're putting your case out there on Instagram, I right away have an issue thinking you're not credible. Is that backwards thinking? And this is the time we live in. Like, what's the deal with using Instagram to accuse Deshaun Watson of all this stuff? You know, just thinking about it outside of the legal realm, I think it's just like anything we deal with in sports. There's a public relations strategy, obviously, to what they're doing, just considering how high profile it is. Now, legally, I'm not even sure I want to touch on this because I haven't worn that lawyer hat in so long. It's been, wow, 15 years now. But uh, that, I mean, there, there's just so much of a, of a PR strategy, something that is at the level where Deshaun Watson is. Is what he's doing, though, by going on Instagram each day and saying, oh, there's another case. I'm not going to have details here. You can get the details in the Houston court system or whatever he's saying. Is that, do you know, you've been out of it. So I don't know. Is it common or uncommon what he's doing? You know, I'm not even sure just with social media where it has gotten these days. But, yeah, he wants to try and control the message. And he not only has attorneys, but he has public relations strategists that are probably I, mean, I hope he, he is listening to in what he wants to do with this particular case. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll make a hard left and now go to the NFL TV deals. Um, it's a natural segue. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I don't know. If you're like I said, if you're a lawyer using Instagram for any case, it is weird to me, but it was because usually you want to play things close to the vest. So, and that is the antithesis of, you know, playing it close to the vest on social media. Um, So I was told last week by someone who would pretty much know that we would get word on the NFL TV deals this week. Hasn't happened yet. We're taping this Thursday at noon. I thought it'd be interesting if the NFL announced all their new TV, TV deals during the tournament, sort of to steal this thunder of the tournament. I wouldn't put it past them. So maybe we get something today or, or Friday. Um, a lot of interesting things there. One thing I want to ask about that I've been told is that ESPN will keep Monday night football, mm-hmm. um, but they're going to get flex is what I've heard. Do we know if that's confirmed? I've heard for the last two or three weeks of the season. I think that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out considering, you know, teams got to get some notice there that they're going to be playing on sun- on Monday instead of Sunday what can, I, I think, and I also think that's something fans who are listening are interested in. What can you tell us about ESPN and Monday Night Football getting flex? Well, first off, I think it's something that ESPN has long wanted because they do get stuck with some of these um, matchups that just aren't attractive, particularly late in the season. Um, that's why NBC eventually even moved up that flex schedule to earlier in the season because you want to try to maximize who are the best teams later on. And there's such parity now in the NFL. You, sometimes you just can't tell who's going to be hot late and who's not. And you know that. But I haven't heard any confirmation as to whether uh, the flex is going to be part of it. It would make sense. And, you know, whether the formal announcements come down today, tomorrow, next week, I, I just I think we know enough of the details already. I mean, John Aran has reported out on so many of so much of what's going on. I, I think it's all just in front of the lawyers right now, just trying to rack up billable hours, uh, crossing T's and dotting I's. <laughs> um, but, we, you know, he's reported that they're probably going to be 11 year deals you know, between CBS and Fox and NBC keeping their current packages. We know that Amazon's going to be continuing to be a Thursday night partner. 
And it's just how much of it is going to be streaming, how much is that of that package is going to be on linear TV. So that's something we're going to have to watch out for there. But, you know, we know ABC is going to get back into the Super Bowl rotation. We know that maybe it's going to be a simulcast sort of thing on Monday Night Football because they've done that sort of mega cast thing before. The, the networks know that that works for sports and it'll help maximize audience and get the advertising dollars rolling again. I think the last thing we had heard from Oran, or maybe it was one, you or another colleague, maybe, um, was that the one holdup, I guess, was Fox and the NFL were, I guess, squabbling over the exact amount. Do we know if yeah. that's been settled? I think John had written about that. I, I, I'm not sure it's been settled yet. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's probably executives and lawyers going back and forth. But it sounds like the outlines were, were there. It's just uh, getting to the, the finish line at this point. But it could, it, you know, like I said, it could come this week, next week. Now, originally, we heard that the NFL wanted double of what the last deals were with the networks. Um, and ESPN, for people who don't know, they paid more than any other network for their package of Monday Night Football games at $1.9 million. A lot. The reason everyone says is because of they get highlights for all their daytime programming, which is very important to them. Uh, do you think ESPN, two questions, do you think they're going to pay double or do you think it'd be less than double? And do you think they're going to get a better package of games? Well, they certainly, everyone wants the best package of games that they can, but it's a zero sum universe and you can only have the Cowboys on so many times. Um, You can only have the Steelers on, you can only have the Giants on so many times, but yeah, everyone, they want to try to maximize the competitiveness later in the season. That, that, that was just crucial for, you know, I'm, I'm sure in the talks between Disney, ESPN, ABC and the league, but I think in John Oran's reporting, he said that they're going to see something like a, they paid like 30% more th- this go around. Um, like you said, there is something crucial to having the highlights for the number of NFL shows that ESPN produces. And not only on linear TV, but, you know, like Bob Chapik talked about, they want to be able to boost up their streaming options on ESPN Plus. So they, they want to get beyond and add to Peyton's places. Like what else can they do original wise on that streaming platform. So I think we'll see some creative stuff that the, that ESPN is able to do there, you know, that they, if, if they're going to renew that deal and uh, you're going to see a lot more original content coming out of the streaming platform. So this ended up being a huge bust in, in, in the sense of, we thought there could be a lot of shuffling or different um, networks, get, you know, different packages, moving, leaving networks, changing, right. but everything's really staying the same with CBS, keeping the AFC uh, Fox keeping the NFC Monday night stays on ESPN Sunday night stays on NBC that change is Thursday no more Fox it'll be Amazon and NFL Network um, and I think NFL fans are fine with that it, it, for, I think for us we would have liked to see some, maybe some shake up for just content purposes but it's fine it's something it is but what everyone always asks and what everyone wants to know about more than the networks is what is going on with Sunday ticket that's what every NFL fan cares about that's what I get asked about by my friends followers because everyone's sick of DirecTV having the exclusivity on it. Is there anything you could tell us about the future of Sunday Ticket and where we stand with that? You know, all the reporting that we've done and SBJ kind of indicates that they want to split it up. They want they don't, they don't want to have the exclusivity with one property like they had with DirecTV for so long. So maybe there is some sort of, maybe it's multiple digital platforms. I don't know who that could be, but all of these networks that you just talked about, all of these incumbents that want to remain partners with the NFL, you know, for so long, it was like, oh, my gosh, when are all these fangs going to get involved? The Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, et cetera, et cetera. But all of these legacy media companies have spent so much money in now launching their own media platforms. 
maybe they want something like ticket for one of their own. You know, CBS is trying to really boost Paramount Plus now and NBC has Peacock and there's ESPN Plus. So there might be interest in a multi, you know, multi-network sort of thing for Sunday ticket, multi-platform thing for Sunday ticket. So I am curious to see what the leagues and the networks do with that. They can really be creative there. Whatever happens, the fans will end up having to pay. Yeah, you know, they'll end up doing it where, mm-hmm. you know, the CBS games are on Paramount and the NBC, you know, and then the Fox games will be on whatever the Fox, and then you'll have to pay two instead of one price probably. I mean, there's just you know the fans are going to get screwed in the end with Sunday ticket. You just <laughs> you just have that feeling. I mean, you now don't don't have to have Sunday ticket. You don't have to have Directv for the for the rest of your life in order to get Sunday ticket. Right. You know, so many people, so many sports fans in particular, were Directv subscribers for twenty years maybe because they just wanted to be able to keep Sunday ticket in the fall. But they, I would assume they have to keep it. I mean, what you always hear is Sunday ticket will keep it at DirecTV. I'll keep it in some form and then it'll go to other streaming services like you just said. Maybe. But you would think, I mean, they'd have it. Well, they don't listen. They don't have to. The NFL could do whatever they want. They print money. Um, but for for bars in a post pandemic world, hopefully when, you know, they can be packed, they need to, you know, sports bars need to be able to show those games on TV without you know, if you're streaming them on a TV off an app where there's delays or buffering, you're going to have a sports bar ready to riot, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be nice if they kept one option for people who don't want to stream. Well, it's, it's also you're not getting the uh, the level of audience for Sunday ticket that you might get for Sunday night football. I, I don't think it's at that sort of level. So I don't think you have as you might not have as much buffering. Yeah. But, you know, when it was on DirecTV, you had issues if it rained. You had to worry about your satellite dish. So, yeah. you know, there are always there's always there, there are always going to be issues. But the technology is getting better. It's getting faster. Uh, you're not getting as mu- as many buffering issues. Um, but that's what you just talked about, though, is why you're not seeing Sunday Night Football maybe exclusively on a streaming package there. We're not we're maybe not there on, you know, the latency and all that yet. And we're also not there on, you know, the critical mass of people being on streaming versus on linear TV. I mean, you know this, and that's why you're seeing for another 11 years, it's going to be the incumbents likely coming back. I got rid of DirecTV a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and it was one of the greatest things I've ever done. Because, like, I mean, if the wind goes above one mile an hour, the thing would go out. So, yeah. So, you know, you had issues one way or another, and, you know, it's time for people to, eventually you do just have to move forward with the future and move forward with technology and, you know, there were pain points in the past when people were switching from, you know, to flat screens and to HD and everyone complains. And eventually everyone's like, wow, I can't believe that we did it that way at one point. Yeah. Um, like every single sport that's out there, college basketball had a rough season when it came to ratings. Now we have the tournament. Um, it was interesting. I, I threw something out on Twitter, which is as scientific as it gets, as you know, of course. Um, on the one year anniversary last week of, of, the, of COVID shutting everything down. And I, I just simply asked people, do they care more or less or the same about sports now than they did a year ago? I was astonished to see, I mean, I have a heavy sports audience on Twitter. 40% of the people say they care less about sports mm-hmm. than they did a year ago. Um, and when people gave me reasons why outside of just voting, so many people said no fans in the stands hurts the atmosphere, the buzz. I didn't really think that was, I mean, for me personally, with the NFL, I thought they great, did a great job. You didn't really know there weren't fans in the stands. Obviously, the NBA bubble looked completely different last year, but 
a lot of people cited the no fans in the stands. I, I'm not sure there's an event where fans in the stands are more necessary than the NCAA tournament. Um, so how hurt do you think the NC, you know, CBS and Turner will be this year in terms of ratings for the tournament? Well, you know, to take the first part of your question, just looking at the regular season, I mean, this was kind of one of the last properties in, you know, this cycle of a year to really feel the impact of a COVID schedule. You know, every other pro league, we went through college football and it was, it was college basketball's turn to see what a season was going to look like on TV. And yeah, it, it was down pretty sharply. Um, you had games canceled here and there. And like you said, there are just changing viewership habits and, you know, you didn't know if your team was going to play that week. You know, you don't know if you're going to have enough players to field the team. But uh, but if it's indicative of what the tournament is going to look like, and I have to preface it with the caveat that the schedule is, of course, different. You're starting today with the first four, and then it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday sort of deal for at least the first for the first two for the first four rounds of the tournament. And you know, that's going to kind of that's of course an apples to oranges comparison when you're looking back. Um, what is going to increase, of course, streaming. People on Monday are, you're going to see maybe, a, and that's what I think CBS and Turner are going to want to highlight is we got record streaming numbers. That's what people are doing more and more of. I mean, this, if you just look at the Super Bowl number, I thought it was going to set a record and it, the actual number blew it out of the water of what I predicted. So you are seeing upticks there. It's just that linear TV aspect. No, it, 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 there's not as much, especially casual fan interest right now. And I, yeah. I sense it anecdotally like you do. It, it, but the, you know, the avid sports fan is still there. It's just we need to get back into, you know, a, a rhythm almost. And, you know, I hate to say it, but there, there needs to be kind of a hamster wheel sort of thing going on. We are back in our daily lives, you know, and we're not there yet. And sports is a relaxation from that for a lot of people, even in a, especially on a casual basis. Mm -hmm. And it may be a year, maybe two years before we get back into that sort of rhythm where we see what the numbers actually are settling at. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea that the regular tournament wasn't starting until Friday, until a few days yeah. ago. I a mean, lot of I, people are going to try to turn it on to me like, yeah. oh, this is just the first four. Okay. Yeah. Um, and college basketball, I, I, it's interesting because this doesn't, this, what I'm about to say doesn't make sense logically, but I think this will turn out to be the case. I think the ratings will be terrible. Is it college baseball has become a niche sport. People are still in the middle of the pandemic. Every sport's been down. So why should this be different? But I think you're going to get some insane numbers for the, for the gambling, the Fandals and the, and the DraftKings and all that stuff, because that just seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the tournament is, you know, people are home watching it. There is a pandemic. So some people still aren't going out, you know, and I think people are going to be betting on those apps in record numbers for the tournament. I, I do think so. I, I agree with that. And the betting is only going to continue to get bigger as it gets not just adoption in more states, but mobile adoption. Like uh, creating brick and mortar is nice, but I don't I, I don't think that's the key for sports. It's being able to sit on your couch. I don't I don't need to go to I don't need to drive two hours uh, somewhere from Charlotte to go sit in a sports book. You know, I, I want to be able to sit on my couch and enjoy it and be able to, you know, oh, it's halftime. I'm going to make a second half bet on any sort of game. That'll be the key for, you know, for sports fans. But are the ratings going to be lower? I mean, likely. Yeah. Just looking at, like you said, all these marquee properties across the landscape and it's the NCAA tournament's time. But despite, I mean, there not being a tournament last year, maybe that does help that there's some buildup, especially amongst college basketball fans that, wow, we haven't seen this in a while. Yeah. You know, thank God it's back. Uh, maybe the weekend numbers are, are a little uh, 
maybe those are the same, maybe or at least comparable to what they have been in previous years. But I, I'm curious to see what kind of audience they draw on Monday for you know the first and the first couple rounds. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But that Monday, that'll be a day where I think you know you, people are home now more than yeah. you know pre-pandemic, so maybe that'll help them on that Monday. But um, but that out of office, that out of office, <laughs> the out of home number in particular, is, yeah, you know, is going to get killed like it did for the Super Bowl. It's going to get killed for you know people gathering at bars for March Madness games. I mean, people sit there from 12 until midnight, from noon till midnight, watching these games at places all across the country. And there's going to be very little, very, very, very little of that. And it's going to hurt that at a home number for sure. Yeah, it's a a terrible, terrible consequence of this whole mess. I mean, restaurants have been so severely damaged. It's just, it's heartbreaking when you think about it. And then of course, you know, today and tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, these are supposed to be just, enormous days for sports bars and then and they don't get it it's it's really it's brutal what's happened to restaurants it, um, it does but you know and then on the flip side you have you know DraftKings and FanDuel will be printing money I guess over the next four days because I think bring it back know, Adam Morrison for their ad FanDuel is wow if you, if you if you haven't seen the ad take a look at him it is the stash is gone you would not recognize this guy anymore yeah I, th- I mean you know if if Andrew Cuomo would like to get some good publicity for just five minutes can you make gambling legal in new york already it's ridiculous that we still Sounds don't like have it in this state and you see new jersey making i mean the money new jersey new jersey's making more money than any state right now yeah. with 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 the apps and we got nothing here in new york it's a bummer enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at bet mgm sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm curious, the NHL going back with ESPN uh, last week or the week before got a lot of attention, which I thought was interesting because... Even when ESPN had the NHL, they didn't really seem to care about hockey that much. Obviously, they'll care about it a lot more now that they have it back. And I thought the NHL got a ton of money for a sport that does not generate big ratings. What did you make of that deal? I like it. I like the NHL on ESPN. I think it gives visibility to the sport at a time when it does need it, you know, here in, especially here in the United States, you know, to keep up with the Joneses. And it makes sense that they're getting ahead of the curve on putting a lot of these games on ESPN+. Plus. It's where a lot of these regular season games are going to be headed across a number of properties. They're just they're kind of at the forefront, if you want to, um, the, the NHL is in terms of like big leagues going over there. It's not, you know, the Patriot League. This is the NHL. Okay, This is one of the biggest sports in the world. And it's putting a lot of games, a lot of its regular season, you know, behind the paywall on a digital property. And, you know, ESPN, like we've talked about, wants to populate that with content to get the subscribers in. They're, they're attracting subscribers and that Disney bundle with Hulu helps, but they want to start getting more and more sports fans. And hockey fans are diehards. And if they're going to want to watch it, they're going to have to get on ESPN Plus for a lot of those games. But yeah, I, don't, I, I hope every NHL fan understands it. I mean, they're putting 75 exclusive games yep. on ESPN Plus. That means not, you know, your local team in your local market will not be on your local channel. It will be on ESPN plus those games. And I think, you know, I get why the, you know, I totally get why ESPN is doing this. They're all about ESPN plus right now. I was still surprised they paid as much. I thought the number was pretty high, but I guess if you need all that content for ESPN plus you, you're going to have to fork over some cash. Yeah, they're investing in the, in the digital strategy. And it means you got to fork over, you know, some cash and, you know, they've let some properties go in recent years and maybe they didn't pay as much as they thought they might have for the NFL. So, you know, th there's room in there, but uh, you know, it's a zero, like we've talked about, some of this is a zero sum game. And you heard Brian Roberts allude to it when he was talking before of, of Comcast before this deal was announced with ESPN. And he's like, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep everything that we have. And, that eventually led into the NHL and there's been chatter now and whether it's true or not, can NBC even, do they even want that B package of NHL games? So it'll be interesting to see if it disappears completely from the NBC universal family and networks. It's funny. Cause I, I, I wanted to ask you that during our topic, uh, during our conversation a little earlier about the NFL packages. And I forgot. So I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, these networks are spending in the billions here. If they're not paying double what they paid for their last package of playing close to double do you think this has an effect now on other sports? Does CBS drop something? Does NBC drop something? Um, ESPN just added the NHL. Does something else go? I mean, they're spending so much money on the NFL, which is worth the investment. You make your money back on that. But these other sports that have become sort of fringe, do you, could they be in trouble in terms of television deals? And, and, and it's all going to streaming anyway, so maybe it's not a big deal if they're in trouble with, with getting a network deal. Well, if you're a league, yeah, you definitely better be having – the conversations about, yeah, we're going to have to put more on, on streaming for sure. For, if you're a niche property, um, like if you're IndyCar, you're going to see a lot of those races, I think, go to Peacock and, you know, be on the streaming platform. But, you know, if you're the big four, you're, you're still going to get a lot of your, your game. You're still going to get a lot of games on over the air TV, on cable TV. 
but everyone has to be flexible. I would be more worried if I was a, a, a second tier property about you're not going to be overpaid anymore just to fill content hours. And this isn't 20, this isn't a decade ago where it was NBC Sports Network versus FS1 versus ESPN. And ESPN was trying to overpay to keep content off of some of those networks. And FS1 may have been overpaying to get the, like, I don't think we have that sort of battle. There is no more NBC Sports Network. It's going away. So now there's one less network in that you know, cable sports universe looking for content. It's just a different, totally different universe than where we were a decade ago. Yeah. I think I know I, listen, I cover this stuff and I've been slow to realize it, but this is all changing so fast that mm. people better be ready. Cause even in two years, four years, five, I mean, it is all changing rapidly. Life comes at you fast. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, speaking of which, with all this, this ties into something non-sports, but I, I thought it was interesting. You know, you had the Oprah interview with Harry and Meghan, which I think it was like 17 million viewers on the overnight. And then I think it ballooned up, you know, bigger than that. And you've thrown the streaming, et cetera. And there was a lot of like, you know, network TV isn't dead and people still, you know, network TV can still pop a number, et cetera, et cetera. And then the week, a week later, the Grammys come out with 8.8 million viewers the lowest rated grammys ever and it's mm-hmm. now i don't know if that's network tv or people have no interest in award shows anymore or both what's your take i mean like many things it's a you know a mix of factors just starting with the there was hype going into that Meghan markle prince harry interview like that's juicy stuff people that's people magazine that's page six sort of, sort of stuff People want to see what he's going to say. And there was kind of explosive stuff coming out of that. And that's why it drew a Sunday night football type of number. What you didn't have for the Grammys and why it, why it drew a record low, why it was down 51% from last year is there was no hype. There's no red carpet. I mean, there's just no, you know, forget the pun, jazz around the, you know, the Grammys. And, you know, that's why, I mean, you could a decade ago, it was like 40 million viewers. And you've, you know, you've lost three quarters of your audience. Do I think that's going to increase once you have build up in red carpet and you're back in a normal flow? Yeah. Do I think it's going to get back to 40 million like it was a decade ago? No, of course not. But I think there's still, if you are live, like the Grammys are, like the Oscars are, like the, um, you know, whatever award show you want to insert in there, there is still an audience for that. And if you look at the top 100 telecasts every year, they are still going to rank in there uh, in a normal year. You're still going to have, the Thanksgiving Day Parade, you're still going to have the Oscars, the, you're still going to have the Grammys, you're still going to have the Emmys, okay? But it's, it's always going to be those live. They're still drawing better than any other scripted broadcast show is going to do. Yeah. Granted, I, I think maybe NCIS maybe even beat the Grammys or one of those shows beat it that night. It, 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 but see, that, that right there shows, I think, how much age is a factor in all this. Because yeah. I would think that the people who the Grammys would cater to, who are the fans of Taylor Swift and WAP and um, Harry Styles. These people don't know what a television is. Their whole lives have been streaming. So, you know, and then you say NCIS still draws a number. Yeah, because those people who are watching it are 70 and over and they it's don't know anything about streaming and yeah. they just know TV. So it's it's amazing to see how age is a huge factor in all this. Because like you said, the Grammys are never getting back to big ratings when the show is going to feature and showcase artists who appeal to people who don't watch TV. I mean, I'm worried about the Oscars number coming up here because there have been no movies. Why do I want to watch an award show for uh, an industry that really didn't produce anything? Right. You know, it's like having an NBA award show where they didn't have a season. I I just don't see the... 
you know, maybe they should have canceled, but you know, there's still some interest in having that. I, I don't run that sort of thing, but uh, they're still going to go ahead with it. But I mean, you can pretty much pencil it in. It's going to be a record low number. I'd hope they don't at least do their usual, you know, five hour show. Uh, this should be two hours in and out. We have not had the movie theaters open for a year. I don't think we need, you know, five hours of. No, there's not, and there's not people, you know, when you have the announcement of the nominees, there's that rush to, oh my gosh, I got to go see these six movies, you know, before the Academy Awards. Cause I, I want to know all the best picture shows and you have fantasy Oscars and there's going to be none of that hype around it. And you're not going to have, you know, little viewing parties for the Oscars and it's going to crush the audience like it has crushed other live programming. I'm pretty sure the only movie I've seen in the past year is Borat. Oh, and, I, and Coming to America. Those are the two movies I think. I I've just seen. watched Coming to America this past weekend. So yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say what I thought of it. I'll keep my opinion to myself. Yeah, I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel That's... bad. Borat was great, though. <laughs> I'll have to I don't think I've seen any other. I'm trying to think if I've seen any other movies. I think that's been it. I mean, if, if Netflix, you know, original Netflix movies, but, you know, um, you know, originals that have come maybe to Disney Plus on that premium, uh, yeah. plot, uh, the premium, premium level. You know, I don't think I've checked out any of those. They're just few and far between. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Good luck to the Yellow Jackets, even though they're they've got some problems right now. It's gonna be tough, but I'm I'm staying positive. Yeah, I'll be curious to see. Uh, very curious to see how people uh, consume the tournament this yeah. year. I think it's a fact because I think, like you said, the big factor here that's different from all the other sports. There was no tournament last year, so there's got to be a thirst. So maybe the the rating won't be as low as I think experts would have anticipated. Yeah, I, but I, I don't want people writing like, "Oh my God, college basketball is done. Let's let's write it off because the viewership is down, you know, X percent." Well, it was it was sort of going that way before the pandemic. I mean, that is the one lowering, sport. But yeah, it was it was still more. You know, you had peaks and you had valleys, but I mean, they had people people wanting to write off any sport during the course of the pandemic. Well, that's true. They draw. Yeah. I mean, especially I, I, the NBA took a lot of heat during the bubble. Like I, I'm not ready to write off any sport uh, based on numbers during this whole thing. Right. Right. I mean, but college baseball, it, it, the last few years ended up becoming a, basically a, you know, four day, six day, you want to throw in the final four in the first weekend. I mean, other than that, it was sort of like, no yeah, one paid attention. like Zion during that season when ESPN right. saw an uptick and every game was like, you know, setting records, setting records. You know, you were seeing yeah, a bunch yeah. of that. You need to get these players to stay in college for more than a year. Absolutely. Okay? Once you can build up name brand recognition, like, you know, hopefully the name, image and likeness legislation will help with that in keeping these players there. Mm-hmm. College baseball has it right. If you want to go play minor leagues, okay, go sign out of high school. That's fine. You go play minor, minor league ball. But if you want to college, if you want to go to college, if you step in that classroom, okay, you're there for three years. Okay. You are, you are part of that school. You're and you're probably going to graduate. Okay. You are an alumni. You went to that school. It's not this one and done stuff. And I, I think that would be a fantastic approach for college basketball. One last thing. Cause I just saw a tweet about it and I should have mentioned it. I guess today, March 18th, Thursday, this is the first day now that the WWE network is on Peacock and it doesn't exist outside of itself. Um, and it just shows you again, Peacock, NBC, looking to beef up the streaming. It, do you think this is a better deal for WWE or for Peacock or neither? I think it's a win-win. I, I do mm. think. I think it's has a like we've talked like with hockey. It has a very rabid fan base. Okay, and it's just another example of a property analyzing their media strategy 
and seeing the writing on the wall and like we're going to we're going to go digital. And if you're a WWE fan, yeah, you're going to you're going to get on Peacock because you want to see what that you want to follow the storylines. You want to know what's going on. So I, I think it's a, a good move for both sides. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and enjoy the tournament. And we'll talk to you again down the road. Appreciate you having me on. All right. That wraps up this episode of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. Thanks for listening. And my thanks to Austin Carp. If you missed previous episodes of the SI Media Podcast, go into the archives and give those a listen. Last week, Brian Stelter from CNN, Ryan Rucco from ESPN talking about the one-year marking of Corona shutting everything down. Two weeks ago, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. Three weeks ago, Brian Curtis and Alan Seppenwall on a very, very good episode of the SI Media Podcast. All right. We will see you next week. Stay safe and take care. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.